Well, good morning. And to the online audience, good morning to you too. Um, Pastor Leon almost caught me off guard. I was back there um, talking to the guys about how wonderful they sounded and how Brother Gary was really hitting it on that bass and <laughs> Brother Mike and and uh, the worship crew were, were hitting it. Uh, I don't know much about sports, but it looked like you all were setting me up for one of those super dunk hits. <laughs> I tell you, that was absolutely wonderful. I, it's one of those times you can say, uh, if, uh, if you didn't really know how to do it, <laughs> you'd get lost in this thing. But thank you, worship team, for ushering in the Spirit of God. I knew it was the Lord uh, when I felt the Spirit move in me. Uh, I thank God for this time. It's, it's a, little, uh, a little bit bittersweet for me because the message I have for, today, for you today is on fasting. And uh, my folks in, in my neighborhood, tomorrow is not a day of fasting. <laughs> we are going to be grilling and grilling. So for those of you that uh, may feel a little pressure, no pressure, just take it and use it afterwards. A little, long, a little later on, but go ahead and do your thing on tomorrow. Um, but um, I, I, I was um, offered this wonderful opportunity by my brother and my friend um, to speak to you today on fasting and um, he gave me actually two topics and one was either you can speak on divorce or you can speak on fasting and I'll say um, <laughs> it's a no-brainer <laughs> once again <laughs> but uh, I, I, I coincidentally I was actually on my fast when he um, gave me the opportunity so literally the Lord uh, just sent me headlong into this message on fasting today. And it's taken from Matthew uh, chapter 6. The focus verses are the 16th through the 18th verse. But um, I'm going to kind of start up at the beginning of it, and then uh, hopefully we can journey together through this message. And um, if you'll pray with me and for me, I believe the Lord will impart a wonderful message to us all today. Um, I'm not a pro at this thing. I was saying to a couple of people before service, I said, uh, oh, you're not nervous? I said, absolutely. <laughs> I'm extremely nervous, and I know it because I'm nervous, I know the Lord is going to speak because if I tried to speak, I'd mess it up. So... Um, in Matthew uh, 6, Jesus focuses uh, attention on a very basic matter, worship. That's what I was telling you about this. The, the praise team just set me up for this one. They just finished singing about worship. In this section, the, the contrast of true worship and hypocrisy is what is going to come to light. In Matthew 6... One, uh, 
It says, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. This is the general statement about, about practicing righteousness. In the following verses, Jesus develops that concept in three areas, which were crucial. They're plant to the plan of worship in the first areas of practicing righteousness, um, which are giving, alms, doing good deeds. Uh, the other subject that is looked at, which uh, we just came off a retreat, uh, about prayer. Um, practicing righteousness in this passage refers primarily to worship in the matter of giving, prayers, and fasting. Jesus begins this section with a word of warning. He says, 6-1, six six uh, King James Version, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. The warning of Matthew 6 is not intended to keep you from practicing your righteousness before men. In fact, you are commanded in Matthew 5 and 16 to do just that. But the warning of Matthew 6, 1 is that you are not to be practicing your righteousness before men, to be seen by them. To be seen by them has a construction in the Greek concerning purpose or design. You are not to do your righteous acts before the purposes of a man to be seeing them. It's just so you can look good. <laughs> the crucial matter is the motivation for practicing your righteousness. That, in fact, is the subject of this entire section. Why are you doing this righteous deed before men? If your, made it, if your motivation is, is, is for them to see you or work and to honor you, you have no reward from God. But if you're doing the righteous deed before men because you want them to see the character of God and glorify him, then you will be rewarded by God. The phrase to be seen of them becomes the issue in each of these areas. In the last uh, study, we, we, we looked at hypocrisy in giving and praying. The, hypocrisy, the, the hypocrites of the day were pretending to be worshipers of God when they were really only trying to please men. Jesus warned his followers not to be like the hypocrites. The very thing that we do to worship God, giving, prayer, fasting, can only turn out to be nothing but hypocrisy if our attitude is not right. It is not done for God's glory and his glory alone it is not worship, it's hypocrisy. Matthew 6, 16 through 18, says this, Moreover, when you fast, 
Do, we, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. This was our Lord's first word on the subject of fasting. And like his first on prayer, it consists of a warning against hypocrisy in worship. We don't hear much about fasting these days. I, I rarely hear any messages, in, including of myself, that certainly uh, there's not a lot of books about it. I think it's because we're living in a society that ranks eating as the number one passion. Amen. We have been programmed to eat at set times. There may be no hunger involved. We eat out of habit because it's there. As a general rule, Americans eat too much and too fast. 80% of Americans are overweight. Many are very dependent upon food, not just for survival, but for dealing with anxiety, depression, boredom, and many other emotional disturbances. Rather than eating to live, <laughs> many live to eat. With this all in mind, we can understand why fasting can be uh, somewhat of an unpopular subject. So then, what purposes do fasting have? How do we answer this absurdly or absolutely important? It's because of its potential pitfalls. Our tendency with any spiritual discipline, such as fasting, is to drift either to legalism or asceticism on the other side. There are these who feel that fasting needs to be bound upon Christians only as a matter of their faith. They've made their rules and reasons for fasting and try to control others in this exercise. Then there are those who consider fasting totally unnecessary, undesirable, and very inconvenient. In short, they feel as though they can ignore all that is said in Scripture concerning the practice of fasting. Wesley once said, some have exalted religious fasting beyond all scripture and reason. However, others have utterly disregarded it. Of course, we should avoid extremes. It's imperative that our view of fasting be biblical, even though this subject may be a touchy one or one that we are uncomfortable ignoring. 
I think that we do need to take a new look at the spiritual discipline of fasting. If asked, what is the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life were, how would you answer? Let me put it this way. What is it that you as a Christian need in your life in order that you might live a healthy and growing Christian life? What are the essential practices for a vibrant spiritual life? I think that most Christians would say that they are Bible study, prayer, fellowship, and witnessing. But prior to this morning, how many of you would consider fasting as a Christian discipline? I don't think that many Christians now view fasting as a spiritual discipline. I think maybe we should. There are more teachings on fasting in the New Testament than on repentance and confession. Jesus taught more on fasting than on baptism and on the observance of the Lord's Supper. Because the Bible has so much to say on the subject, it is only right that we should seek to understand biblical fasting. Matthew 6, 16. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces. They may appear to be men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. This verse seems to indicate that fasting is as much part of the Christian life as giving and praying. Jesus said, when you fast, not if. He seems to take it for granted that his disciples will fast as much as he assures or assumes by his when you do a, a prayer or when you pray or when you do your good deeds all through the, 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 the Mount speech there he, he made sure that he assumed and he just automatically thought that we were going to do these things. I believe that many of us here share a deep desire to be more intimate, more devoted to God. But something gets in the way of that devotion. The, the desire we all have to walk close in fellowship with God is shared with the desire for the things of this world. The weakness of our hunger for God is not because he is unsavory. As John Piper puts it, but because we keep ourselves stuffed with other things. In other words, we're so full on food and entertainment that we have no appetite for God. Is there something wrong with food and moral entertainment? Of course not. But because these things are not bad, we don't often realize that they can be a blame for our lack of hunger. 
We devote so much of our time to computers, investing, TV, surfing the web, work, shopping, exercising, talking on the phone, home repair, and even our Christian work, all of which are, are, are fine. They all are good. But taken together, they can leave us so inebriated that we have nothing left for God. Fasting is that discipline which tries to recapture our hunger for God. It says to God, I'm willing to forego anything in order to be in your presence. Fasting provides an atmosphere whereby we are prepared to face up to the dulling effects of food and all those things we continually nibble on. If I told you that I had hidden $10 million somewhere in your home and that you could keep every cent if you found it, what would you do? Would you go home this afternoon and watch television or take a nap? I doubt it. <laughs> uh, I doubt it. I bet you would skip all the CSIs, the American Idols, and just about every other activity and would take your house apart searching for that money. Fasting expresses that passion to know more or to know him more. Sometime after Moses watched the Lord part the Red Sea, he had said to the Lord, show me your glory. Now Moses saw the glory of the Lord when he did all of that, but for Moses, the only glory that he really wanted was the rest in the presence of God. It is with that heart, one that longs to be in the presence of God, that we need to consider the biblical discipline of fasting. Richard Foster says, more than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. Thus, it helps us to uncover what is really inside. For example, if you are one who eats in order to feel better, to forget, then the absence of food will make that clear. It can reveal in, in us just how much pain, how much pride and anger is inside of us. If we had a terrible morning, the one thing that might get us back would be knowing that we're going to have lunch with our buddies. But all of a sudden you realize that you're fasting and you're forced to consider another way of dealing with your feelings. Our fasting proves the presence and fans the flames of our hunger for God. And through it, God wants to awaken us to the reality of his presence. I'm almost done. What is fasting? Moreover, when you fast, the Greek word for fast is nestru, which means to abstain from food. The Hebrew word for fast 
is, please forgive me for not saying it right, to swung, to swung, which means to cover the mouth, such as to fast through scripture. Fasting was referred to as abstaining of food for spiritual purposes. Fasting, as discussed in the scripture, has nothing to do with diet. I need to say that again. Fasting in the scripture has nothing to do with diet. Some people write books for Christians and talk about the merits of fasting. Fasting may have its merits for physical and health reasons, but it has nothing to do with what Jesus is talking about. He purposes in scripture the normal means of fasting involves abstaining from all food, solid or liquid, but not from water. In Luke 2, he describes for us Jesus 40 days. We're not told he ate nothing and, that, and, and, and at the end of the fast, he was hungry from the physical in standpoint. This is the manner in which scripture describes fasting. There are other fasts described in scripture, such as in Daniel. Uh, that was his partial fast. Uh, I know we, didn't, we may not have it on the screen, but Daniel uh, 10 and 3. He says, I ate no pleasant food, no meat, no wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And then as an absolute fast, we all know about that one because Esther, in Esther 4.18, said, Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So fasting is not uh, eating for a period of time. It could be skipping a meal, not eating for 40 days, and uh, nowadays we, we have all types of other fasts. You, uh, I, I read about a social media fast where the persons that were addicted to being on social media would, would abstain from going on social media for a period of time, and then uh, there are fasts that sometimes I do. If, if I have a habit that I like and I know it's really not good for me, I'll give it up. And when I want to go back to it, I'll pray and ask God to give me strength. And most of the time, when, I, when, when my time of fasting is prayer and praying is over, that desire has gone. So uh, I, I, I'm just only telling you what I know about it. Uh, every, 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 even though the word fast is not used uh, in, in a lot of passages, we see from other passages that Afflict your soul. You hear in the scripture a lot of times the, the, the word will say that they will fix your soul or you should afflict your soul. Or I afflicted my soul. They're referring to fasting. They, they wanted to make, to humble themselves before the Lord. In um, Ezra 8, 21, then I proclaimed a fast that there at the river of Abba that we might humble ourselves before God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all of our possessions. The word humble here is the same Hebrew word as afflict. 
It is not the word, uh, the Hebrew word has, one, has the idea of to humble. We see from Israel that through fasting we afflict our souls to humble ourselves. Um, so fasting is, is turning to God, crying out to God, an act of humbling ourselves before God. These expressions depend on our humility. Many of you want to experience God's grace to the fullest? God has promised to give you or to give grace to the humble. He says in James 4, 6, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We all struggle with pride. It seems to me that we can humble ourselves before the Lord with fasting. Uh, fasting helps us to focus in prayer. Fasting and prayer are almost always linked together. In the scriptures, so it would be more correct to say prayer and fasting, uh, which indicates that the latter is designed as an aid to the former. Fasting either total or partial seems to have been connected with the seasons of the peculiarity, uh, sincere devotion in all ages. Jonah preached to Nineveh. And as he preached to them, he said, let neither man nor beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let every man, everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? The citywide fast was designed to express their deepest humiliation before God and was a, an, a, as an appendage unto their crying, magnifying to him. It was not duly performed in response to express commands from the Lord, but was entered into voluntarily and spontaneously. Well, when Nineveh was formed, was informed that the remnant of his people left of the captivity in providence in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem was broken down and its gates burned with fire. Nehemiah says, so it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Well, that's a whole lot of scripture. But I want to ask you a small question. What is it that fasting doesn't do? And I'll be, I'll be finished, I promise. What is it that fasting does not do? You've heard a whole myriad of things, uh, benefits and, and, and pleasures out of fasting. So now we got to look at the other side of the coin. What is it that it doesn't do? Fasting, first of all, is not a substitute for obedience. Some people fast as penitence. They go through their fasting and somehow balance out their disobedience. Sometimes they, when they uh, deliver and walk 
closely with the Lord, when the inward reality of their faith has begun to fade, they will retreat to the outward form of fast, of faith such as fasting. In other words, when they feel like uh, uh, they have no more God, they, they put themselves on, on a fast and want to appear to men that they are close to God. The bottom line in all of this is that wherever, whenever we embrace a spiritual discipline in order to get God to, to move or to love, forgive us or make us holy, we have gotten ourselves into what's called legalism. When we embrace spiritual disciplines because of this revelation, he loves us as fallen and sinful people and that he loves us in our weakness because of Jesus Christ. That gratitude wakens us into a passion which, which to be holy with the Lord in every aspect of our lives. And when we choose to express that gratitude and humility through fasting, God chooses to reward us all. Amen. I love that our Father, who sees in secret, will reward us when we fast. But the passage says more that, than the fact that he will reward our fasting. It explains that kind of fasting he rewards. Indeed, God rewards those who keep their gaze focused on him as they truly or as they fast rather than the praise of men. As he sees our hearts affectionately turned toward him, seeing that we are not out to impress others with our spiritual discipline, but in humility express our needs and longings to him, then we can, we can be sure that he will reward us. What are some dangers of fasting? Jesus said in Matthew 6, 16, Moreover, when you fast, do, we, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces. They may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. I, I, I'm going to pause just a second because I remember when I was a young fellow, in school um, in the South, you know, uh, we really value our religion. And uh, you always tried, uh, most of my childhood, I wanted to try to be like God. I wanted to be like Jesus told me. I, I really wanted to be holy. But I was in class one day, and a uh, young lady walked in, and she had a long dress on. She had her hair tied down, and she had her Bible in her hand, and she's walked in, and she sat down, and through the whole class, you know, I was kind of looked over at her, and finally, as the time permitted, I said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and she said, nothing. I'm fasting. Fasting make you do that? I, I, I don't want to do that. I, I, I don't think fasting is supposed to make you be like that. And that actually sent me on a quest in the scripture to find out what fasting was. 
even at a young age, that, that, that sparked my curiosity because I want to know what kind of God would make such a thing look like that. And finally I found out what Jesus said right here. He said, when you fast, don't do that. Don't be like the hypocrites. <laughs> What's wrong with you? you? You're trying to be seen by men. When you get ready to fast, fix yourself up. Wash your face. Do your hair. Go out and enjoy your day. You have no glory walking around looking like all shrugged down. You barely can make it. The next step look like you're going to faint and fall out just so you can get some attention. They said, what's wrong with you? Oh, that'll be all right. I'm just fasting. You have no reward. That's Jesus said that. And in my eyes, you ain't got none either. Oops, I'm sorry. I, I said, man, that's, you don't have one either. Okay. Uh, all right. Now, if you are fasting and somehow someone finds out you haven't sinned, hmm? if you're fasting and somebody finds out, don't feel bad. You ain't sinned. If you, you're going, most time people go to lunch a lot. They have business meetings. If you're having a business meeting, you're fasting. You just let the person by order. Don't bring attention to yourself. Oh, I can't. I can't. I'm not. You go ahead. I'm, I'm fasting. I'm fasting. You just messed up right there. Yeah, you're right there. Right there. When you do, oh no, no, I'm fasting. No, you go ahead. Order what you want, brother. Give me a glass of water. Everybody order. All right, okay. Now let's on to the business. Then you glorify God. You, you, see, you let somebody see God in action then. When they find out later on that the reason you didn't eat was because you were trying to do something to come closer to God, guess what that did? That served as a magnet to draw that person to God as well. Certainly, when Jesus fasted, his disciples who lived so closely with him knew that he wasn't eating. The issue isn't whether you tell anyone, but not rather why are you telling them. The motive for giving, praying, and fasting is what matters, not whether the acts are public or private. Amen. I'm going to go on and finish this. Consider how often you will fast because God is not so much interested in the outward form, but the inward change fasting produces. The effects of fasting are more significant if you embrace it as a practice in your walk with God. That'll be on you. Somebody, some people do it once a week. Some people do it once a month. But that's on you. Well, that's it. We looked at the reasons for fasting. We looked at the dangers of fasting and the rewards for fasting. Now it's your turn. Should you fast? I can't answer that for you. 
through my prayer, it is that you will embrace fasting as part of your walk with God. I really long to see us as a holy, growing people, hungry for God. That's my prayer. In the daily pace of modern society, it's easy to lose our focus on God. That's why we as Christians, it is crucial that we fast from time to time to help bring us a truer sense of God's desires for our lives. Through fasting and prayer, our communication with the Lord moves us to a dynamic and highly sensitive level. Amen.